Yep. Good morning. I'm back here. Where am I? Am I in um, Japan? No. Still in Melbourne. Lockdown. Stupid question. It just looks like I'm in Asia here. I'm actually at a um, Vietnamese temple down the road from my house. Um, how are you, Kama? And where are you? Doing well. Hey, Blowy, I'm on the outskirts of Shibushi, Kagoshima, which is um, on the island of Kyushu, Japan. And um, I was actually expecting rain today, but it's shining. So uh, the rain may come in later. Well, but we'll, we'll see. I was actually expecting shine and I got rain. So there you go. Oh, uh, lovely. Um, so that's why I'm walking today, because I have an umbrella. Well, this is the first time that we're actually both walking at the same time. It is. Well, we mix, we like to mix it up, so we certainly do that. That's right. Um, so today, we're going to talk about something that is um, near and dear to um, Kama. Well, and myself, but especially Kama. Um, and that's uh, Vanuatu. Um, it's a small set of um, islands in um, in French Polynesia and um, uh, incorrect incorrect, incorrect. No? where is it yeah it's Melanesia so it's in the South Pacific Melanesia uh, you maybe got tripped up because it's not too far from uh, New Caledonia, New Caledonia. Which, is a, which is technically speaking part of France uh, but yeah it's a uh, a three-hour flight from Brisbane, kind of between New Caledonia and Fiji. Fiji, and it's a great place to go. But, um, so Dave, why don't you um, tell us why you initially uh, went to you know, Vanuatu? Yeah, that's a good question, Blowy. So, when I was in university, I was just waiting to graduate, and the plan was as soon as I graduate, I was going to jump on a plane and come over here to Japan. But while I was in my last year, a uh, friend of mine, who kind of knew what my uh, what my tendencies were, she saw a poster in the office of um, in her office, and it was basically for AusAid, uh, which is Australia's aid agency for overseas aid. And this was a uh, it was called AYAD, AYAD, yeah, Australian Youth Ambassadors for Development, and basically. It was a bit like a volunteer program where they got professionals and sent them around the world, mainly Asia Pacific, to do uh, smaller kind of uh, projects. And there was a large focus on actually giving someone else in that position these uh, skills, whatever they were. So I, I was doing human resources, which uh, <laughs> I wasn't, I'm not sure if I was really qualified to do because I was straight out of university. But you did study human resources at university. I did. Yeah, so I remember looking at this site and um, I was like, okay, well, what can I do? This is awesome. There's so many countries, you know, all throughout Asia and the Pacific. And um, I was looking through us, there, there aren't very many jobs for me to do actually here. Like, I'm, I don't have an engineering degree and I'm not a lawyer. And um, there was only actually one HR job in the whole listing, as I remember. Wow. And that was in Vanuatu. So um, I, there was no real uh, ambiguity as to which one I was going to uh, apply for. And the more I thought about it, I said, yeah, actually, you know, I hear a lot about Vanuatu and uh, it sounds like an awesome place. So 
why not apply? Yep. And um, I applied and yeah, found out a few weeks later that I, I'd, uh, I'd got the job if I wanted it. And then how long after that did you head over? Oh, from memory, oh, it would have been about three or four months. Okay, and so you pack up, you take all your luxury items and um, you move to this tropical um, island um, and um, you start living in a resort there or so tell me tell me what your um, your living situation was good job Loi that's a resort I remember actually when I first told you about this you kind of said that you probably wouldn't come and visit me because you didn't really want to come to some little resort, resort country do you remember that um, no but initially that that's um, because I used to live on Hamilton Island and um, uh, in the Whitsundays, which is a beautiful place, but... Um, no, 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 but this is before that. before that, was it? Yeah, this is um, 2001. Alright, well, yeah, I'd... Any, anyway, I may have said that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no video proof, so did. it may not have happened. No, no. So, um... When I was still in Australia, I got this idea in my head that I was going to live in this amazing little hut down by the beach. Yeah. And um, with coconuts. Yeah, I was going to do it. coconuts there. For yeah, breakfast. exactly. Coconut. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, the first thing I did, like I, I talked to a few people back then. The I mean, the internet was still active, and you couldn't get as much information, and there weren't really as many forums and things readily accessible. So. Just through some personal connections, I met a few people who who had been or lived in Vanuatu. So I talked to them and told them my plans. I said, hey, Portville is just like a modern city and I'm gonna get some little some little uh, village experience there living on a little a little hut or anything like that. You're gonna be living in a regular house that's probably got bad plumbing and you're gonna be paying through your teeth for all this imported food um, at expensive prices and so that was one thing that was a bit a bit different with Vanuatu from all the other countries lots of people were going to say Thailand or actually I don't think Thailand Philippines Bali. or Vietnam no one going to Bali no. I think uh, I don't even remember anyone going to Indonesia but anyway um, they were going to these places with these really cheap street stalls and all this really amazing exotic food and Vanuatu it doesn't really have a culinary scene as such. It's probably the restaurants are French inspired and quite expensive, and there's not really street food as such either. So, anyway, we um, were given an extra $200 a month because it was a bit more expensive than the other places. But anyway, everyone I talked to about this um, hut experience, well, this desire to live in a hut, told me I was dreaming, and they said, um, not going to happen. But they, but they, they didn't only know made, me camera, made, did they? made me more determined. They didn't know me, no. Ah. And for the first uh, four or five months, I did actually live in a few different houses. I lived in a guest house, I lived in a um, share house. Um, there was another house that was um, a really nice one. That was. Uh, so I was one of the. I was in, in, in the aid community in Vanuatu, there's like the um, volunteer crowd. And then there's the well-paid um, consultant crowd. Yep. 
and someone obviously in the uh, volunteer. <laughs> there was a joke that the, the, you had to watch the volunteers because they'd come to the barbecues and uh, steal all your beer. Okay. And no one really had any money. But anyway, I I I didn't go to Vanuatu to hang out hang out with the uh, volunteering community, and I wanted to just meet regular people from Vanuatu. And uh, one morning I was taking a, a ride out on my bicycle. The bicycle was one of the first things I bought. It just gives me that mobility and uh, as you know, Bluey were both uh, keen cyclists. So I think I picked a bike up for a hundred bucks or so. Mountain bike? As well. Mountain bike, yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't a really good mountain bike, but it, um, I could get around on it and it did the job. And um, yeah, so I was riding out to this village and this bloke kind of whistled at me kind of thing and uh, I started talking to him and he asked me what I was doing out there and I just said oh, I was just having a look around and he told me he lived kind of uh, just across the road in a little village called Meliamart and he asked me if I'd like to go and visit him his, his uh, family I said oh that'd be awesome I, I love these on the street connections I've made so many friends um, you know you talk about street food street clothing uh, all this stuff but for me I've got a lot of street friends people that I meet on the streets who turned out to be really good lifetime friends. So for me, there was nothing weird about doing this. And what was his name? Uh, his name was Tony. It was Tony, did you say? And so, Tony, Tony, yeah. yeah. Okay, I remember Tony. He was also, I remember he was doing some, uh, they had a nut there called a the Natangura, and it was like a uh, type of date palm, I guess, or some kind of palm anyway, with a nut that was unique to Vanuatu. And so, They'd be cut open and they'd carve things out of these uh, these natangura nuts and then sell them to tourists in the markets and things. And he had one of these in his pocket that he was kind of carving away. He showed me that as well, which was kind of interesting. But I went over and um, I ended up staying over there with his family until lunchtime. And they said, oh, why don't you have lunch with us? And I said, oh, really? Yeah. Every Sunday they had these, uh, they called it lap lap. Oh, lap lap. And basically, Lap lap, it's pretty broad though. And these ones, they had big uh, banana-like leaves um, and they put all these types of uh, ground up um, root vegetables like uh, uh, yeah. cassava, yeah, like tapioca, yam, sweet potatoes, ca uh, not kava, <laughs> they definitely didn't put no. kava in there. Tar taro, and then they put these things like island cabbage, they'd call it. And back then I was eating meat as well, so they loaded it with, I don't know, probably chicken wings or something. And then a bit of salt and uh, freshly squeezed uh, coconut oil. And where would they get this all is these the ingredients? Stuff. Oh, most of it from the gardens. So it's self-sustainable, the, were they? The salt was probably the only thing they bought, yeah. The chickens? And so they then get, they'd uh, get them from their own? Oh, locally, market. but sometimes they would buy um, frozen chicken as well from Australia. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, yeah but anyway then they'd um bury it underground with uh, a lot of hot coals and stuff on top of it they'd go to church or whatever come back a couple of hours later sit on the floor and um yeah unwrap these leaves and have a big feast so i had that and that was a great experience i think i can't remember if that was the day but i think that was the first time i remember having an earthquake because the ground just started to shake like really violently and I jumped up to my feet and ran outside and everyone laughed at me. Like <laughs> for them, like they had earthquakes there every, oh, it was pretty regularly. 
so it was no big deal for them. Um, but anyway, um, after lunch, we went out and Tony asked me, oh, what do you think about, you know, our little village? I said, oh, it's awesome. And he goes, yeah, but do you reckon you could live somewhere like this? And I was like, I'd love to live somewhere like this. And he said, well, why don't you make a little, um, a little house on my land? I've got some spare land. You can make a house there. And I was like, really? Yeah. And um, like immediately inside my head, I was like, yeah, absolutely. But I just thought, no, I better, I better just think it, think it through because it's. Uh, I don't want to make a commitment and then change my mind afterwards. I said, give me a week or so, and I'll come back with that. Yeah, with an answer for you. And yeah, I mean, I couldn't think of any uh, bad ideas. The, the basic deal was that um, I'd probably spend about oh, 500, 800 bucks getting all the materials and paying people to get, you know, posts from the forest. And the only thing I'd really have to buy, oh, actually, there was some concrete for the foundation. All the framework could be done from uh, local wood. And the roof was going to be like a uh, corrugated iron. And the door as well, it needs some milled timber. And because it had the kind of, and hinges and just like a metal. It was just like sheet metal that was kind of uh, bent around this frame of the door. But other than that, it was all going to be, uh, yeah, local materials with a bamboo, woven bamboo for the walls. So um, I think that took about uh, maybe, maybe four or five weeks. Yep. To, to build the hut and um, yeah I couldn't wait to get into it or did you come check it out see how it's going or? yeah yeah I kept coming in and I took I've got actually some photos I'll post them on the uh, Twitter or whatever but I would take progress shots so um I've got a famous one where there's three three photos in a line and the first one's me standing on the spot with Tony and just says homeless and then there's one halfway through where there's a concrete foundation and then also I think some uh, framework logs sticking up and pillars yep and then the, the last one with the home complete with with the text that says something like my first home so. yeah and I mean I was so happy to go out there um, but lots of people from work who were a bit worried about me because they yeah they're a bit suspicious on the people from Mart because of their uh, cultural practices they call it black magic oh. uh, like sor sorcery sorcery wow yeah Tony, um, Tony a sorcerer <laughs> not to my knowledge but I mean it's like they just said oh don't move out bad things will happen if you move out there bad who were saying were these expats that were saying this type of stuff no 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 these are these are Nivanawatu friends and workmates and things yeah and so lots of them wouldn't even come out to visit me out there they thought it was like wow. really dangerous so the group that I was living with were actually originally from another island called Ambrum but there'd been a huge uh, volcanic explosion because, yeah, it's got a few volcanoes on Ambrum. And so they were forced out of their homes and they made some deal with the people of Mele that they could have uh, have some land there near the capital. I'm just, um, just a quick break. I'm just going to show yeah. you. We're at this big quarry that, I've, that they're going to build all houses around this quarry, which will be pretty cool having that house on top of that um, ledge up there. So, yeah, like it's gonna look completely different in um, five years here. So enjoy it now yeah. while it's like it is. And so it's springtime here. You can kind of see some terraced gardens behind me, 
well you can't Joe, not until you start editing this uh, video but um yeah they've been ploughed they're kind of ready to maybe they've already sowed seeds but uh yeah nice just um Joe I think last time you said that uh you're a bit surprised when you looked through all my footage because you expected to see some convenience stores or vending machines but you didn't yeah yeah so I was um so just let the viewers know that we um <coughs> Uh, just on audio call at the moment and we have our cameras so we can't actually see what each other is seeing until we take it to the editing room and we um, watch it back so um, it's actually quite fun when you um, are the editor and you go through the footage or when you get to see the finished product for the first time because you're like ah oh, that's what they were seeing when I was doing this so um, yeah it's a little bit of a treat it Editing note for the future blowy, just leave this frame of me and with these beautiful colourful flowers. Alright David. Alright. Um, you can't see what I'm talking about now, but no. that's alright. So so Dave was living in Vanuatu and um, I may have said that I didn't want to visit him, but while he was over there living in this village, it sounded like good fun. Um, we wouldn't get much communication with him. I think he would um, send um, the old handwritten mail back in those days sometimes they'd send emails from work um that's an interesting story there actually blowy because um this office that i lived in uh, that i worked in i was using a french computer so it had the azerty keyboard Ooh. and so it took, took me ages to get my head just around like where the because most of the keys are in exactly the same position it's just a few like the a and the z for example were yeah, because where, where the, the first ones you'd notice. They've designed it, haven't they? So because they're the more used letters, which should be on in, in a certain position, French, which is yeah. easy to use. So um, exactly. Yeah. But anyway, um, so I had my own computer, but um, it wasn't connected to the internet. So the, in the office, there was one computer that for everyone to use that had the internet, wow. and so people would take turns using that during the day. So, and so <laughs> I would normally write my emails in advance in on a text file, take a 3.5 floppy disk, then copy and paste all that into a uh, email. And also go through my emails as they were long, I just copy and paste them into uh, another uh, text document, put on the disk and go back and read them on my computer, just so I didn't tie up the computer too long, because there are lots of people wanting to use it. And, and back in Australia so, at this <coughs> time, um, internet was quite a common thing. <laughs> and 3.5... Oh, but it still would have been, it would have been dial-up still. Still dial-up, you reckon? In some, definitely. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So. But, um, anyway, yeah, so sending emails was, was not really, yeah, it was a bit of a hassle. So I did, I think, um, a Japanese friend of mine, when I, when I left Australia, she gave me a hundred dollars for Vanuatu. And I kind of felt a bit weird because I thought, she doesn't need to give me money, but I thought, how can I use this in a way that's kind of, uh, that's nice. So I decided I'd um, spend it all on stamps when I first got to Vanuatu, and so then I've got a uh, a reason to write a lot of letters. And, and so yeah, and thanks did. to that, I did manage to write a lot of letters. And we appreciated the letters um, probably um, more yeah. than you would these days because yeah, oh, was great, so wasn't it? readily back then when you'd get a, a letter from Kama um, in Vanuatu, it would be. Everyone around the dining table some... reading it together. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I remember getting clocking up a few good stories over there. Oh, there's um, a few good stories. Tell them the one about 
how you um just were while while, while we're on it, Juju. Oh, sorry, not Juju. Joe, you What's um it? you've recently started. Uh, you've only recently come onto Facebook, but you also became friends with. Well, he was originally my friend, but you know him quite well now as well, Marcel in Vanuatu. And you were making some comments the other day about how his Facebook uh, posts are so much different than everyone else's. Um, Camo, just to let you know, I couldn't hear what you just said then, but um, was it? Okay. I just heard I heard the word Marcel that we became yes. friends. Was it on Facebook? Yeah, and how he, just how you said that his uh, Facebook posts were so different than most other people's Facebook oh, posts. Yeah, he's great to follow on um, on Facebook. Everyone follow Marcel. Um, and um, just because normal people are posting like pictures of them doing a selfie, you know, just um, <laughs> at their cafe with their friggin' their expensive um, chef-made um, meal that looks amazing. But follow Marcel, you get real photos. He's um, gone fishing, and not fishing as a hobby, fishing to feed his village. And he's walking through the jungle with these fish that he's um, tied to a rope and he's got them around his like, on his shoulder <laughs> lugging them all the way to the through the jungle it's quite a walk to the village to the um, seashore because we did it with him but um, yeah great great to follow but let's um, lead this into um, when I did decide to go but I didn't go by myself I um, brought a friend along with me Snazza who you'll probably hear make a few cameos here and there throughout the show because he was quite a um, big part of our younger years. Um, Even though he's not a blood relative, he, he kind of does feel like a cousin. He does, definitely. And um, so we, we decided to go together, but we decided to take our mountain bikes with us. And um, I remember I was living at the Sunshine Coast at the time. Um, I was at uni and um, I came down and I said, oh, let's, let's go, Snaz. And he hadn't even started packing. And we had to be at the airport in like an hour. And he's like, oh, what? I said, no. you ready? He goes, nah, I haven't packed yet. I'm like, are you serious? He just loves making everything the last minute. Like, it actually... You know what else he told me? What's that? He told me once, um, and it's something I absolutely hate. He said when he's driving and if he needs to make a left turn, he loves to get in the far right lane. Oh and drive over there until the very last moment and hopefully someone's so there's a bit of a challenge to turn left. Wow. But that kind of, it all fits into the same little snaz package, it does. doesn't it? It paints a good picture of him. Um, and so we headed over, flew over. We put our mountain bikes underneath in the large, uh, large luggage section and um, had to unpack them. Yeah, because you had them in bike bikes, in bike boxes. Yeah, we had to go to a bike shop and um, Ask him if they had any old cardboard um, bike boxes, and luckily they did. And um, so we we had to take the handlebars and everything off and put it in. So once we arrived in Vanuatu, um, I can't remember if we unpacked them at the airport or maybe we did it once we got back to your place. Um, uh, I would say that we probably jumped in a um, in a taxi because you would have had other stuff as well. That's right, the taxis there no, aren't you real taxis though, are they? They're like. A um, Uber, um, what are the Ubers called where you um, ride share Uber, where everyone can yeah. jump in? So it's a big. Yeah, so the basic way it works is that it's a minivan that goes around town and you tell the driver where you want to go and the driver 
I would say he or she, but the majority of these are men. Um, they'll basically in their head plot the uh, the order. Okay, well, I'm going to drop off these people, and they're pretty amazing. Like they remember all these places, and uh, yeah. they're all and also the um, there aren't really like street names there. So there are a few places with streets, but most people, you know, don't use them. So yeah, it's uh, <laughs> so you. It's amazing that they managed to do them all. So you'd just say Melly Mart, they take you there. But anyway, um, that's right. Because we're running out of time, we've got to get this story out of the way. We um, we went there and um, stayed in his village for I think we were there for a couple of weeks, and um, we wanted to um, have an adventure. So, because all three of us had a mountain bike, we um, and we also wanted to make a video, which um, we will put a link in the um, description to that video. Um, anyway, we rode around the whole island of um what's what's the island's name the main island Efate. Efate. no no Efate. Oh, Efate. so and um it's not the easiest terrain it's um quite rugged and um we we took a tent and um not much else we kind of took a bit of a little bit of water um a little bit of a few snacks maybe but um, we headed off. Do you know, because I did that ride, I think about four times in total. And I was talking to one of my mates at work, Jacques, who was a bit of a bushman as well on the weekends. And um, I told him what we carried when I, when I went around. And he said, you're carrying too much stuff. He said, do you know what I would take? He would only take two things. Can you guess what they are? Um, water. No. Not even water. No. A knife. Yeah, bush knife. Yeah, and, and um, a rope. A rope. Well, he's he's yeah. a he's a um. So a when he's thirsty, man. he'll get it. He'll get coconuts. there's coconuts everywhere. Yeah, he'll just get coconuts. I'm not gonna lug a water bottle around. Yeah, well, we, and we with the, the rope, you can make like a um a tent like structure at night and sleep there. Oh well, with like banana leaves or something on top of it or something. Or... Oh, what's this? I found a little path. Uh, I'm just going to follow this little path into the uh, into the woods here. Sometimes as well in these, oh no, it looks like uh, the graves of somebody. Wow! Don't do a um, don't do a Logan Paul. No, no. Um, One thing that's interesting about this part is that like uh, so lots of people have um, these graves on their own land. I won't stay here too long because. It's, Look at the private one. Um, but lots of these ones in Kagoshima have roofs on them. Yeah. Now, don't, most graves are just out there exposed to the world. But yeah. This is the only place I've really noticed. Maybe it's because I haven't been paying enough attention. But does it snow there? Does it have a? Well, maybe stop. I don't think so. Maybe stop the ash. Like this the is ash from falling on it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because there's a uh, Sakurajima volcano not too far away, and. Yeah. Like often you'll you'll find it on the car in the morning. You'll see this like little layer of ash, three millimeters of uh, ash on the yeah, and that's not unusual here. People here yeah. generally will not use. Um, most people in Japan hang their washing out outside, but here they don't. They take them covered with ash. I do. So anyway, can you hear me? Um, oh yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. So anyway, we um, rode around. Um, <coughs> 
Vanuatu and um, we stayed in a tent. We didn't have any well, we, um, mattress. Well, we rode around to Fati. Actually, the first, we, we were out on this oh. massive hill. Can you hear this again? Hear what again? The the yeah. So we're in the middle, basically, of the forest somewhere. But they have all these emergency systems in place after those uh, big tsunamis, the 311 tsunamis. And so the emergency broadcasting uh, test is done a couple of times a day on these speakers. So it's pretty amazing that even here, you can hear it. Um, yeah, I can't hear you again, camera. Okay. Are you talking now? Okay, we're back. Um, we were disconnected. I think I went through a uh, patchy spot up in the mountain up there, but I'm out uh, on another field now, so it should be good internet connection from now on. Alright, so... So, we were talking about riding around at Fate, and the first night we stayed at a friend's house. His name was Kenneth, and I'd only met him because on a previous trip around that island, uh, one of my mates, uh, Suresh, had said, hey, let's go and stay with my... I think it was some kind of relative. And so then the second time around, I went there and he was like, yeah, of course you can stay. But three three people who just kind of suddenly turned up on our doorstep. It was nothing for him. Yeah, we didn't even communicate it to him. We just rocked up on our mountain no. bikes. Three stinky yeah. Aussie guys. But he was very, yeah. very accommodating. He gave us his spare hut or something and we a good night's sleep. Um, yeah. And so the next day we rode a bit further and then we went all the way to the uh, Blue Lagoon, didn't we? The Blue Hole, yeah, it's on Blue Hole. Oh, it's amazing. This place, I've swam in lots of places around the world, and I've never been anywhere that I could open my eyes as comfortably underwater as this place. So it seemed to be because it was like spring water mixing in with this beautiful, clean uh, uh, Vanuatu, South Pacific water. And it was just the right mix, like the right uh, salt to water ratio. And so, and very comfortable it having your eyes level, open so underneath. Like and like on the top would probably be, I don't know, which is salt water heavier than, um, I'd say it might be, um, heavier than um, fresh water, or the other way around, but it was, it was like... You could actually see it mixing though, and yeah. it looked almost like a gin and tonic. Yeah, it was amazing. Mixing. Yeah. And they had this... And that was great. We had a really long swim there. And they had this... Like we were in no rush to leave there, were we? No, because they had this big tree, which... Um, the branch went over and went into the deep section which you could jump off and and um, yep. do flips and stuff into so that was awesome but we stayed there the night um, on the hard gravel with rocks in our back and um, the worst night's sleep ever yeah um, and 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 things that were happening to us then that we didn't even know about at the time that would uh, come back to haunt us in a couple of weeks that's right and I'm assuming it was there um, so anyway, then the next day we um, ended up going. Did we ride off to those waterfalls the next day, and where we went and had a, another swim? Um, and those. No. Was that a separate I don't trip? Think, that was a separate trip. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Lolo Lima, most beautiful. At the time, that was the best uh, swimming hole I'd ever been to in my life. It's it's since been uh, surpassed by a, a, a Swiss waterhole that is just magical it but anyway anyway Lola Lima was the second definitely second see I, I don't remember a lot 
like of any of the area names, I just remember that it was a um, riding that last day was tough because um, we um, yeah. were so thirsty because we had no, nothing to drink, and then we finally came and we couldn't. You can't climb just stop. coconut trees or anything. No, you couldn't climb coconut trees or, you know, you couldn't um, just stop off the shop because there were none. And we, we didn't have any water left and we are just so thirsty and we are just riding and riding. And then we finally found this shop that had um, some um, soda or some Fanta or something like that or some local oh, um, sick, soft drink, sweet, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Now, nowadays, I probably wouldn't, I'd rather water, but back then I was happy for any liquid. And so we just well we probably we probably needed the sugar that we probably needed the energy we probably did yeah and i think we got some like um french baguettes or something as well from there and um yeah just had some some nourishment which is good but and mate then yeah, i remember often having like baked beans on those baguettes oh yeah that's right a painter's lunch they yeah. call it well, a, my dad painter's sandwich it. yeah, yeah. They. <laughs> that's dad. that's where you get a get um, a cop loaf and you rip the center out, get a whole can of baked beans, pour it in, yeah. and then put the top back on, and that's that's a painter's lunch. Yeah. And, so, uh, but do, you remember, do you remember what he'd call um, a Coke and pie? Maggot bags and Drano. That's right. Yeah. So anyway, we got back from the trip, and um, we all went back to, well, Dave went back to his job, I went back home and snapped to, I went back to Sunshine Coast Uni and Snaz went back and then we didn't hear from each other in a while and um, first of all, Snaz got sick and I'm like, he, and then he found out it was um, malaria. I'm like, wow, that's a bit weird. And I was still feeling fine because malaria's got like a four week incubation, incubation period. Um, oh, so he had malaria. Like two weeks as well, Blowy. Two weeks as well. I think it. Well, I think it depends on the strain ultimately, but yeah, I think it can show up within two weeks. Well, can all right. So, but anyway, um, and then I um, was away at Christmas in um, New South Wales, and um, I ended up falling sick on Christmas Day, and it was like 40 degrees, and I was in my tent, and I was shivering, freezing cold, and my grandma got angry at me because I was being antisocial, but I was like having a fever. Or what was the actual word she used though? It wasn't party pooper, but not a sourpuss or something funny. Oh, I can't even remember what she called me, but... Wet blanket or something? Maybe. But, um, because it was actually my auntie and uncle's um, wedding. And so obviously I'd That's right. love to be out there enjoying the wedding, but I was in my tent with hot shivers, 44 degree temperature. Anyway, I had to, I had to just lay in the tent with like that for the next day. And then we um, drove all the way back to um, Brisbane, to Redcliffe, um, which was like a big, um, oh, what, it was, uh, how long was this, like six, oh, six seven hours? six hours, yeah. yeah. It's a big drive, it's the worst drive ever. And then I got back to the hospital and um, found out that I had malaria as well. Um, had to spend a couple of days in hospital and um, yeah, they, they hadn't seen much malaria in the Redcliffe hospital. So. But yeah, they got a de and, decent. And hospital. meanwhile, meanwhile, it was yeah. Just for me, it was just a around. I was starting to get sick on Christmas, but I still didn't know what it was. And all my friends were telling me to go to the hospital. I said, Nah, nah, because I'm the son of an acupuncturist. 
I've always, like I've never taken like Panadols or, you know, uh, anything really for colds or anything like that. I've just kind of soldiered through it. And so I said, like, oh, I'll just get through it. It'll just be, it'll be over before you know it. I thought it was a common flu or something, but um, it didn't get better. And all my friends said, just go to the hospital, you dickhead. And so eventually I did. And, um, oh, I, I can't remember if it was 40 or whatever. Like I had a ridiculously high, uh, temperature i may have measured it wrong i don't know but um i'd lost as well like 13 kilograms um i was dehydrated i couldn't take any water or anything yet. and um when i went down there they kind of i just collapsed on the hospital floor i went way too late and they said oh yeah you probably got malaria very casually <laughs> and uh hard they gave me a handful of hard, hard yeah, enough a handful of medicine yeah. and some complicated instructions i wasn't really listening to i got back home and i I, I took it in the wrong sequence or something and it was very hard for me to keep this stuff down and uh but somehow i managed to and i remember when the malaria left my body because i was just like oh this is awesome I, just, I only feel lethargic and weak now and i can deal with it i can i can go to bed and not be in constant pain not have these crazy nightmares but i don't know about you but i had the worst nightmares night terrors malaria. night terrors yeah oh yeah it was a it wasn't good, was it? God, <laughs> no. Nah. Like, it's the worst, the, the most sick I've ever been in my life, for sure. Oh, for yeah, sure. definitely. It's probably um, up there with um, COVID-19, I'd say, similar to what you'd probably feel with that. Oh, well, I mean, at the time, I remember, oh, I think it, it couldn't have been 30 million, yeah, but there was still a huge number, like, we're talking millions of malaria deaths every year. Oh, it's massive. And uh, massive. even now, though, when I meet other people who have gone through malaria and had their uh, aches and pains and uh, the ridiculous, like, that muscle and joint pain and just that horrible taste in your mouth. And, yeah, I kind of feel some kinship with it, anyone else who's been through it. Yeah, so anyway, we all went through this, like, really tough thing. And, and like, I knew about but separately. Snaz and Snaz knew about me. No, actually, Snaz didn't know about me yet. And then I talked to him like, oh, do you know that I have malaria? And he goes, oh, you too. <laughs> and um, yeah. and then we didn't talk to Dave for a couple of months later, because as we discussed- no, it wouldn't have been. Well, it felt like that. many months. Yeah. Well, since we got back, it would have been. I remember saying, oh, look at these little, uh, these are I think these are the same ones. These are berries. I'm not going to try them now, just in case I've got the wrong one. But there are all these little wild berries here that you can, uh, you can eat if you know what you're eating. When I'm, well, when I'm, if, okay, I was hit with, an, with a Japanese person who knew what I was talking about the other day, and they said you can eat them, so I trusted his judgment, and uh, nothing bad and happened. You didn't, die. you didn't get malaria. No. <laughs> no. No. Um, okay. Well, I think we've. We had so much more to talk about, but I mean, it's hard to cover it in that amount of time. And uh, we've also, I think, gone over the 30 minutes that we normally give ourselves for this. And um, yeah, we um, had a few technical difficulties, but um, with the, the internet, but now we're good. So thank you for watching. Um, once again, leave your comments in the comment section below. And um, out. Okay, over and out. Bye-bye.